הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים של דורנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני אחר קדוש עם אשר בארץ המה. ובבחר לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחמן אומר, וכה חכמה רבנו נחמן פגה. נא נחמן נחמן אומן זכותם תגן עלינו וכל ישראל, אמן. So, today, 34 day of Yomer, is lesson 2 of Likute Moran, where we're going to be talking about um, many different themes in this lesson, the idea of prayer, the Brit Kodesh, Mishpat, lots of other things. There's going to be lots of advice here, so pay attention very closely. We're going to finish the entire lesson too today, God willing. And um, yeah, pay attention, read in the book, look at the words. Say the words yourself, you're going to see lots of, lots of uh, awesome things here. And there's tremendous, it's a tremendous advice to how to get close to Hashem here. You're going to see a secret later also about attaching the tefillot to the tzaddik. This is very important. And I'll, God willing, make a note over there whenever we get there. But we start, Leshon Rabenu Zichron this is the language of Rabenu himself. Meaning this lesson is written by the, literally the handwriting of Rabenu. Rabenu, there's not a word here that, um, every single word here that is written, Rabenu wrote. And um, yeah, so don't take out a word. It's very important. Rabbi Natan says it's like, you have to treat this sefer as if you're treating a book of Tanakh. Because it's Rabenu, the true tzaddikim, like the Zohar HaKadosh, you can't take a letter out of their words because then you're taking out the entire idea, the entire lesson. Rabenu had a tremendous intention in every single letter he wrote. So we can't, we have to be very careful to, to, very, to stay very true to the text. It says in Parashat Emor, Hashem says to Moshe, Say to the Kohanim, the children of Aaron, and you shall tell them that no soul in the nation shall become impure. Meaning all the Kohanim of Am Yisrael, cannot become impure by any means. Ita besifra detzinut, and Rabbeinu brings down uh, Zohar Kadosh. He brings down the Zohar and Zohar Truma. Ita besifra detzinut, minukva defardaska. Mashach rucha dechayelim shicha. Very, very deep Zohar that we cannot even begin to even fathom. That it's brought down in Sifra detzinut, which is some of the deepest parts of the Zohar, a uh, 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 book of the Zohar, which is in Parashat Truma, that is specified, that it, that it, very much goes into the depths of the Mishkan. So it's brought in this book of, the, of Sifra de Tzniuta, in the Zohar, that from Nukva de Fardaska, which is what we call the divine nostril, but it's a very high place in, in, in Arichan Pin. It, it's talking about very upper levels and very high attributes of Hashem that we can't begin to grasp. It's almost like forbidden for us to talk about. That Masha Rucha that the spirit of life is drawn to the Mashiach. That from that place, the divine nostril, um, this is where the Mashiach's divine spirit, his spirit, is, um, is, it's his source. That's the source of Mashiach's spirit. Nukva Defardaska. So, Rabbeinu is gonna, going to tie this together at the end, and we're going to see how he does this. Um, but let's hop into it. Rabbeinu says like this, The main weapon of the Mashiach is prayer. And what is prayer? It's the aspect of the nose. With my prayer, I restrain your anger. comes from the word chotem, which means nose. Which means with my tefillah, we have the power to restrain Hashem's anger. So prayer and nose is the same idea because echetom comes from the word chotem, nose. It's as if to say that God's anger stems from like the, the nose, which like whenever the smoke releases from his nose, like we, you know what I mean? We can tell like whenever, like we see those, those cartoons or whatever it is, like the, the smoke comes out of someone's nose to like symbolize how angry they are. It's the same like idea, the same metaphor. That Hashem's anger is released through his nose. But through tefillah, we block his nose kind of, and that anger isn't allowed to be released. So we restrain Hashem's anger with our prayer. This is why prayer is representative of the nose. Because it restrains, it closes up the nose so that the smoke doesn't release. And from there is the essence of his life force, the Mashiach's life force, from prayer. From the nose. Rabbeinu says like this, all of the wars that he'll engage in, engage in and all the conquerings that he'll conquer, it's all from there, all from prayer. As it says, it says in Yeshaya, that he shall breathe the fear of God. This is the Mashiach speaking. This is the aspect of the nose, this breath that he inhales. And this is the aspect of his weapon. This is his essential weapon. As it says in Bereshit, in Sefer Bereshit, With my bow, with my sword and my bow. And what did Rashi say? 
Rashi explained Sword and bow are actually symbols for prayer and request. Because it wasn't in our bow that we trusted. We trusted in God. We praised Hashem. As it says in, um, in Yeshaya, with my prayer, I restrain your anger, Hashem. So this idea that prayer, the nose, this is the source of the Mashiach. The Mashiach draws his, his source, his, uh, his strength, his life force, his vitality from the nose, which is prayer. And this is how he conquers all the wars and he shoots all the, um, all the, the bullets. As Rabbanu said, the Mashiach will not fire one bullet. When we think of war, we think of all this, this physical stuff. No, Rabbanu is saying, no, this is all a very spiritual war. That Mashiach is going to be a master of prayer. And I recommend anyone go look at the story, the Baal Tfira, in Tzipur to, to understand a lot more about this idea of prayer. But we move on. But to merit this weapon of prayer, you must first receive through the aspect of Yosef. You must first through, go, go through Yosef. And what is Yosef? He represents keeping the covenant. As it says in, um, in, Beresh, uh, in um, I think it's in Bereshit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, gird your sword on your thigh. And what this really means and it also says, we'll, we'll explain what that means. Gird your sword on your thigh is actually a reference to the Bwit. Your sword obviously being this idea, this symbol of the Bwit. And um, Rabenu goes on to say, and um, Rabenu goes on to say, that he brings this other Pasuk. From the fruit of your loins, I will set upon a throne for you. And what this is a reference to? This is all the aspect of the Mashiach. This could be in, in Tehillim, by the way. Um, this, I think this might be all a reference to Tehillim. This idea that from the, the throne that a person will sit on, this kingship kind of, this Yosef who got to merit this, this very high status, he got through the fruit of his loins, which is what the Brit Kodesh. And what Rabenu is now going to explain is that this is how a person attains his true weapon, through the Brit. How did the person attain prayer? Through the Brit Kodesh. Zebrinat Mashiach. This represents the Mashiach in this verse that we say from the fruit of your loins. I will set a throne upon you. Um, I will set upon you a throne, basically. Meaning, I will give you a throne through your, through your Brit Kodesh. Bechinat filan. What's this a reference to? Mashiach, which we said above, has the same aspect as prayer. So we see Mashiach and prayer are one. The, the only way you can attain this idea of prayer, Mashiach, is if your children will keep my brit. Meaning, if we will, Am Yisrael will keep the covenant of Hashem. And what is the brit Kodesh? Yosef. So we can only merit prayer through the aspect of Yosef, which is the brit. The Yosef, Yosef, who guarded the covenant, he attained this Bechorah. This firstborn, right? Which represents the service of prayer. So now Rabbanu is going to prove how the Bechorah and prayer are one idea. So we say that Yosef and the Brit are one idea. And then we say that Mashiach and prayer are one idea. But you cannot get to the Mashiach except if you get through Yosef first, the Brit. You can only get through prayer if you, go, if you perfect your, your Brit Kodesh, your covenant. <clears throat> so what is prayer? Prayer represents the service, uh, represents the Bechorah. These are the same idea. And what is prayer? It's a double portion. Just like the firstborn receives a double portion. Why is prayer a double portion? Because prayer is a double portion. It's two. How? The first thing is that it includes, includes the praise of God. And also includes requesting your needs. So these two aspects of prayer prove that the, the prayer is, two, is twofold. And what is this twofold? It's the same idea as the Bechorah, which also represents this second portion that the, the firstborn receives. So prayer and the firstborn are one idea. Um, this represents the, the double-edged sword in one's hand. These are the two edges. Which represents the double portion. Meaning prayer is this double sword, this request and this praise, which is the same idea as this Bechorah, this firstborn. And who did Yosef take this firstborn from? It was supposed to belong to Reuven, the firstborn of Yaakov. But why did it get taken away from Reuven? Because Reuven didn't merit the firstborn. Why? Because he desecrated the bed of his father. 
whenever you switch the bet. Because what did we just say? The Bechorah, the firstborn, which is prayer, which we both just connected to because they both are twofold, is only possible if you keep the Brit. And what did Ruven do? He, it was this blemishing of the Brit Kodesh whenever he switched the bet. So by that merit, by that, by that fact, Yosef merited the Brit, merited the Bechorah because he had first gone through the Brit. And he perfected his Brit. So we're going to do this little piece that Rabenu brings down. Um, whenever he explains that Yosef who kept the Brit, he took the Bechorah. And what is the Bechorah? It's a double, um, it's, uh, it's represents the service of prayer. That Bechorah and prayer are one idea. Rabenu brings down a little asterisk there. And therefore Yosef who merited the aspect of prayer, which represents that with my prayer I restrain God's anger. Meaning I plug up his nose kind of, metaphorically. As if to say, This is the chiyut, the life force that is drawn from the divine nostril of Hashem. Prayer. This is why he's called the son Ben Porat Yosef. And Rabbeinu plays on the word Porat. Porat is the same gematria, numerical value as Terapo, which is 686. He's saying... Ben Porat, he's the son, Ben Porat Yosef. I, I forgot the, 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 the true definition of Porat, it's a little confusing. But Porat, he's, he's saying that Yosef is the son of Porat, but Porat is Terapo Orot. Yosef is the son of these two, 686 lights. Shem Shiv which represent these seven names of Hashem. The 72 name, Ain Bet, Samir Gimel, Memhel, Uben. Bet, Nun. Kasa, Kana, Vekamag. These Seven names, which are actually, if you take the names Yud Ke Vav Ke, and the names Ekye of Hashem, meaning Yud Ke and Vav and Ke, expand those names, expand that name, you and take each letter and spell out each letter as if you were to, as if you were to spe, spell out a word. That means for Yud, you'd spell it Yud Vav Dalid. For Hey, then you'd spell it Hey Yud, and then there's many different ways you can spell that, you know. So all these combinations of spelling, if you were to spell them out, there's four different combinations for Yud Kevav Ke. There's the seventy-two letter name, which would be Yud Vav Dalid, Hey Yud, and then you have um, Yud um, Yud, and then you have Vav Yud Vav, and then you have another Hey Yud. If you add up all those letters together, you get seventy the numerical value of seventy-two. Then 63 would be Yud Vav Dalid, then Hey Yud, and then Vav Aleph Vav, that would be the difference, not Vav Yud Vav, but Vav Aleph Vav, and then Hey Yud again, that would be 63. And then you do these, all these combinations, and Ekiye, you would have Aleph, which would be Aleph Lamed Pei, etc., etc. All these seven names add up to 686. Taf Pe Vav. 686, when you add up all these expansions of the name Yudke Vavke and Eke, you get 686. And where do these names come from? These, these lights come from? From the divine nostril. Because um, this divine nostril place, this Fardaska that we're talking about, Fardaska has the same numerical, numerical value as 686. So Rabbeinu proves here that Fardaska and Taf Resh Pe Vav 686, which is Ben Porat Yosef, meaning Yosef merited this um, this chiyut, this life force from Nukva de Fardaska. Because what did he say earlier? The Mashiach, it says in Sifra de Tniuta, that the Mashiach receives his life force from Nukva de Fardaska. And what is Nukva de Fardaska? We began to explain that Nukva de Fardaska is the divine nostril. What's the nose? Prayer. So Yosef merited prayer because he attained these 686 lights through this idea of the Brit Kodesh. So he, he perfected the Brit, and then he merited these lights from Nukfa de Fardaska, this idea of prayer. This is why the Mashiach comes from Yosef as well, Mashiach ben Yosef. So all this is very significant, and this is the how he ties, Rabbeinu ties in the Sifra de Tinyuta de Fardaska. Fardaska, which is this divine nostril, is the same numerical value as 686, which are these seven names of Hashem, which is the, the, um, which is the lights that one merits through prayer. One who merited this sword, this sword of prayer, basically, you have to know how to engage in battle with this sword. That you shouldn't strike right or left, meaning you shouldn't mislead the sword and 
miss the sword by too much right or too much left. You have to strike perfectly. You should strike the hair and not miss. This is only possible. It's imp- this is only possible through the aspect of mishpat, justice. It's impossible to merit this understanding of how to engage in prayer, except through mishpat, justice. Ki mishpat hu Because what is mishpat? Mishpat represents the middle column. Because what did he say earlier? You cannot strike right or left. What is mishpat? It's the middle. Meaning you have to strike your weapon to the place that is necessary. Not right, not left. Rather directly in the middle. And this is what it says in Tehilim. Manage and order your matters, your affairs with mishpat. Devarav is actually a play on the words, like Devarav, his words, Diburim. Meaning, manage your words with mishpat. Meaning, your prayers, your words that come out of your mouth have to be completely perfect in the middle, not right, not left. And, um, and this is why Yosef received the Firstborn, uh, the first, um, the firstborn right, specifically from Yaakov. Last lesson we talked about how Yaakov merited to give why Yosef blessed Binyamin with Chen. Now we're going to see how Yaakov and Yosef are also really connected in this idea of prayer and bechorah. That Yosef received the bechorah from Yaakov. So how do we know Yaakov merited the bechorah? Now Rabban is going to prove. When Yaakov is giving the blessing to Yosef. He says, and I have given you. Rabbeinu is specifically looking at the words I. Ani daika. Me specifically. Meaning me. Shehu bechinat mishpat. That I represent the aspect of judgment. Meaning Yaakov is the middle. We know Yaakov is Tiferet. And Tiferet, if you look at the chart of the Sfirot, there's Chesed, which is on the right, which is Avraham Avinu. Yitzchak on the left, which is Gvura Yitzchak. And then in the middle column, you have Mishpat, which is Tiferet, Yaakov. Yaakov is the middle. He strikes directly in the middle and he doesn't miss right or left. He's the perfection of Yaakov. Uh, he's the perfection of Avraham and Yitzchak. For a person to understand how to engage in prayer and with this, with this weapon that you have, which is literally, the, your words are an insane weapon that you literally ha- can be, defeat any single battle. You can win any single battle in the world. Mashiach is going to be a master of prayer. This is how he's going to win the battles of this war. We think he's going to fire a gun. No. Rabbi said he's not going to fire one bullet. His words are going to be his bullets. This is the aspect of prayer. You have to strike directly in the middle. This is what it says in Tehidim. Because it's a, a statute for Yisrael. What is this aspect of a statute for Yisrael? Yisrael is obviously, obviously the other name of Yaakov. It's a reference to Yaakov. This is the Chok. When it's saying Chok, the statute for Yisrael, it's actually a reference to Brit Kodesh, the Holy Covenant that Yaakov was a master of. As it says, that he placed a sign on his flesh. So this sign, which is a reference to the Brit, and Rabban was connecting this pasuk of Teilim Kichok Israel who to the Chok Bish Erosam that Hashem placed a sign on His flesh is the same sign that is um, that is belongs to Israel. This is the sign of the Brit Kodesh. So Rabban was explaining that the Brit belonged to Yaakov, and because Yaakov belonged to the Brit, he merited the Bechorah. Because what is the, once you go to the Brit, now you have prayer, and what is prayer? It's a double portion that we talked about earlier. So Yaakov specifically gave the barakah to Yosef for the Bechorah because Yaakov had merited it himself, this aspect of Mishpat, this middle column, prayer. He knew how to strike right in the middle. Mishpat lelohei Yaakov, it also said in the Pasuk, justice is for the God of Yaakov. Meaning, yes, justice belongs to the God of Yaakov, specifically because Yaakov merited justice. Meaning Yosef now needs to receive this sword, this weapon, from the aspect of Mishpat. In order that his word should be organized with, with Mishpat, with justice. Meaning your Mishpat, and this is what it says in Tehidim. God, your justice is given to the king. And what's the king? A reference to the Mashiach. That the Mashiach will receive from the aspect of justice. And what did we say justice was? This aspect of perfect prayer. So Mashiach is going to be a master of prayer. But now Rabbeinu is going to explain. First we explain that you have to understand that this, there's a massive weapon which is prayer. But you can only merit that weapon through the Brit Kodesh. And how do you merit this idea of the, the Brit Kodesh? Um, meaning how do, you, how do you perfect this aspect of Tfilah once you get it through the Brit? Meaning you cannot merit prayer except through the Brit. 
But once you have the breed, then you have prayer. But how do you use prayer properly? You have to strike in the middle, right? Mishpat. But now Rabbanu is going to explain how do you attain Mishpat. I don't understand how to strike in the middle, how to use my prayer properly, how to strike exactly where it needs to, needs to strike, how to use this weapon properly. So Rabbanu says, one merits Mishpat through charity. That through Tzedakah, through charity, one holds in the trait of Mishpat. That he did God's charity and judgments. As it says in Devarim. Meaning, He did God's charity and His judgments. Meaning, charity and judgments are one idea. You attain Mishpatav with Tzedakah. As it says, Mishpat that there's justice and there's tzaka that belongs to Yaakov. Meaning they're one idea. Because charity is through the aspect of mishpat. That you want to attain mishpat, you have to first give charity. As it says in, um, te- in Teilim, God judges. He lifts one up and he lowers another one. And what is this reference to? That he impoverishes one and he enriches another. So what, what did it have to do with tzaka and mishpat? What is the aspect of tzaka? When one gives tzaka, he's lowering himself. He's making himself poor by giving away his own money. And then what happens? What? He enriches the, po- the poor. He lifts the other one. So this is mishpat. Mishpat is you're making an equal balance. You're lowering yourself to lift up another one. Now you're equal. You're equal with the poor man. This is Mishpat. <laughs> mishpat is perfect balance. It's right in the middle. This is Tzaka. So Rabbeinu is saying you can only attain Mishpat through Tzaka. Now Rabbeinu is explaining the Sod and why it says in Shulchan Aruch and the Gemara why a person needs to give Tzaka before prayer to separate his Tzaka before prayer. Because why before prayer? Because you cannot merit prayer except through mishpat. Because you have to know how to fight that weapon, which is prayer, through this aspect of this um, striking in the middle, not right nor left. But how do you strike in the middle through tzaka? So Rabban was saying you can only merit prayer through tzaka. This is why you have to organize and set aside your tzaka before prayer. In order that you should organize and manage your words with justice, with prayer, with um, with mishpat. So that you should strike that which is necessary, the hair, and not miss. Why did Yaakov give the firstborn blessing to Yosef? For he had provided for him. Meaning Yosef had provided for Yaakov uh, in Egypt, whenever they went down, the entire story. But Shekilkel, why provided? Shekilkel actually comes the word, Yechakel Devarab Mishpat. Rabbeinu is now explaining this sod in the Gemara why he specifically uses the word kilkel provided for. Kilkel is yechalkel, manage, order your words with mishpat. It's the same verse that Rabbeinu is tying together this yechalkel and shekilkel. Rabbeinu is explaining that Yosef had merited that his words were striking directly in the middle. This is why he merited the Bechorah. Mashal leva labayt. This is a parable. We bring an analogy to a house owner. That he made uh, an orphan grow in his house. That he basically um, grew up an orphan in his house. Etc. And, and um, what do you call it? It says, It says in Bereshit, whenever, like this entire story of, the Egypt, uh, of Egypt, when Yosef is sold to the Egyptians, and for years he's there, and he provides for the, the, the children of Yaakov whenever they come down when they need food. What did it say there in Bereshit? Yosef provided for his father and his brothers bread according to the little ones. He even gave to those small ones. Meaning Yosef was Vayichalkel. He was perfect mishpat. He gave tzedaka also. This idea of tzedaka, he gave tzedaka to his father and his brothers. He, was, he represented mishpat in its entirety. Kemo, hatef el darom. And what is hatef? Meaning lefi hataf, according to the little ones. It's in the past, in the past verse. Hatef el darom. It says in Yechezkel, another pasuk that has the same ver- the same word as hataf but a different meaning hatef speak and preach to the south leshon dibur which represents speech meaning he provided to his brothers and his father lechem bread lefi hataf according to the little ones but lefi hataf is actually a reference to hatef in yechazkel which is speech meaning Yosef was perfect with speech lefi hataf according to the little ones hanu shahayay shegurat filato befiv aledet saka meaning what is that really referencing what's the real meaning of this verse that Filah was constantly in his mouth, was fluent in his mouth through the tzaka that he gave. 
meaning lefi hataf, lefi to the mouth hataf, which is speech. Lefi to the mouth of speech, meaning Yosef gave tzedakah, and with that he attained prayer. This is an awesome chidush. And through the tzedakah that he gave, Nathan Yaakov, Yaakov gave him, Yaakov representing Mishpat, Yaakov had given him the, the firstborn. Which represents prayer. As it says, And I've given you Shechem. Meaning the double portion that Yosef received was actually the city of Shechem. Where we know Yosef is buried. And what does it say? And I have given you Shechem. Why me, Yaakov? Specifically me, Yaakov. Because I represent Mishpat. Now Rabbi is going to explain why we get bad thoughts during prayer. So we explain that through Mishpat, one receives, through Mishpat, Mishpat is only possible through Tzedakah, but once you attain Tzedakah, now you attain Mishpat, now you attain prayer, you have the Brit, obviously, because you can only attain prayer through the Brit, all this stuff. But Rabbeinu explains like this, the main reason why we have bad thoughts during prayers is because we damage Mishpat. Ki Mishpat because Mishpat, Justice represents the eyes. They came to the spring of justice. Mishpat. En Mishpat. This, this like spring. This place uh, called En Mishpat. But En is actually a play on the word Ayn. Meaning Ayn and Mishpat are one idea. This represents the En Yaakov. The spring of Yaakov. Or like this place. Um, en is obviously Ayn. So Yaakov, who is Mishpat, represents this idea of Ayn. He, the eyes, which are perfect. But through damaging Mishpat, one damages his eyes. As it says, bribery blinds the eyes of the wise. Meaning, this is what is bribery? It's a, it's a lack of justice. It's a lack of Mishpat. It's a, it's a damaging Mishpat. It's crooked Mishpat. And what does that do? It damages your eyes. Meaning, once you have damaged Mishpat, your eyes um, are damaged. So now we're going to explain what eyes have to do with thoughts. This represents the bad, the foreign thoughts one has during prayer, the bad thoughts that come to a person. As these are the clouds that cover the eyes. As it says in Echa, you covered yourself with a cloud so that Tfilah should not pass through as it explains at the end of the verse there. Meaning those clouds are the bad thoughts so that the Tfilah shouldn't rise. The Yetzirah is trying to make you fall to kilkula mishpat, to damaging mishpat, so that you're, 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 what do you call it? So that you have bad thoughts. And then once you have those bad thoughts, the prayer can't pass through. It's like the clouds that are covering the eyes, yet And in the future, when mishpat will be repaired, it says, um, Tzion, Yerushalayim, will be redeemed through mishpat. What happens? Then, all the clouds that covering the eyes will be disappeared. Because why Mishpat will be repaired? And once Mishpat is repaired, your eyes are repaired. So now you have no more clouds covering your eyes. Kemoshe katub, it says, Ki ayin be'ayin yiru b'shuv Hashem tzion. And it says in Tehilim, Ki ayin be'ayin yiru. For eye to eye they shall see. B'shuv Hashem tzion, when Hashem returns to tzion, meaning when the Geulah will come, eye to eye, every single eye will see this. Meaning his eye will now be perfected. There will, there will no, be no more clouds covering your eyes that, so that you shall, shall not see. And this is why um, he's called Yosef Ben Porat Alein. He's above the eye. Ben Porat Yosef Ben Porat Alein, the son of the um, I forgot this the um, I forgot this uh, what do you call it? this word of Porat. But Ben Porat Alein, he's above the eye, meaning now he's attained. This perfect mishpat, and now his eyes are perfected. says, each and every person must have intention during his prayer that he should attach himself to the true tzaddikim of the generation. To the tzaddikim of the generation, because every tzaddik of the generation who Moshe Mashiach is a reference to the Moshe Mashiach. Moshe Mashiach is a, is a name in the Zohar, which is just basically a thing. Um, a, a name calling Moshe. Moshe Mashiach. Moshe is the Mashiach. Meaning the Mashiach is going to come from Moshe's soul. It's the same soul. And um, these are the five Neshamot that we speak about with Avi Abraham Nachman who, who explained that whenever it said Moshe Mashiach or Tzadik, um, Tzadik Yisodolam in Nikut Moran, notice that all these, um, every time it says this language, Moshe Mashiach Tzadik, Tzadik Ha'emet, you're going to see that a lot. Tzadik Ha'emet. 
when anytime it's referring to a specific tzaddik, it's specifically referencing these five neshamot of Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Arizal, the Bar Shem Tov, and Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman Ben Fege said he was the last one before the Mashiach, and Mashiach himself also. So all these neshamot plus the Mashiach, these five neshamot plus the Mashiach, represents this aspect of Moshe Mashiach. These are the tzaddikim, the generation, as it says in the Zohar Kadosh. What does generation mean? Da Moshe. This is a reference to Moshe. So whenever it's saying generation, it doesn't mean generation every single every single generation, every single 15, every single 20 years, 30 years, whatever it is. No, it's a reference to Moshe. Any single time Moshe comes to the generation, meaning Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Nachman, and Rabbeinu being the most recent one, attaching yourself to the tzaddik requires you to attach yourself to that Moshe. So, and as we see that we find that the tzaddikim called them, call each other Moshe, as it says, Moshe Shapir Ka'amar. As it says in the Gemara, they always used to praise each other by saying whenever they said something nice, Moshe, you said well. Their name wasn't Moshe, but they called each other Moshe because they represented this idea of the tzaddik. And Moshe is the aspect of Mashiach. It says, Until Shiloh comes. Da Moshe Mashiach. What is Shiloh? What is Shiloh? Reference to Moshe Mashiach. Moshe the Mashiach. Because we know Shiloh is the same Gematria as Moshe. So, 345. So, we see here that Moshe, Mashiach, is the one idea. You have to bind your tefillah to the tzaddik of the generation. This is a huge advice. Every single prayer that each and everyone prays, it's like a limb or an aspect of the divine presence. Which are the limbs of the Mishkan, like the, the parts of the Mishkan. That no person is capable of ascending and putting the right components, each one in its place, except for Moshe. This is why every single Jew needed to go to Moshe Rabbeinu with a donation before they brought it to the Mishkan. Meaning, they cannot, the donation wouldn't be valid and led unless it was brought to Moshe Rabbeinu first. This is what Rabbi Natan says. One who's attached to the tzaddik, a small person who's attached to the tzaddik, is bigger than the big person on his own without being attached to the tzaddik. Why? Because we see here that the small person who brought even the smallest of donations to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe knew how to put it exactly in its place. And it was accepted. But a person who brought a donation to the Mishkan without bringing it to Moshe first, it was not, a lot. It was not accepted at all. Which comes to show you that the, the lower person attached to the tzaddik will attain more and the tzaddik brings him to a bigger level than the person who's, who's um, on his own. Meaning it's a greater thing to be attached to the tzaddik and be smaller than to be big without the tzaddik. And what does Rabbeinu say in this lesson? That only, um, only Moshe Rabbeinu himself can ascend each component to its proper place in the Mishkan. He knew the entire layout of the Mishkan. And what is this idea of the Mishkan? It's the prayers. This is what we're saying. That Moshe is the one who takes each prayer and brings it up there. And what's the third Bet Amigdash? It's going to be built out of our prayers. So Moshe Rabbeinu is saying here, that Rabbeinu is saying here that Moshe Rabbeinu, it's only Moshe Rabbeinu, these tzaddikim, these unique tzaddikim of the generation, tzaddik is Olam, that is able to be able to bring up the prayer and to bring it to its proper place, to know exactly where it's supposed to be. This is why we have to attach our tefillot to the tzaddik. And this is why we say, like all this stuff, before Tikkun al specifically, but it's a known thing to do this before Shacharit Min Charavit, because this is the way you bind yourself to the tzaddik. This is the way you bind your tefillot to the tzaddik. This is why you need to attach and bind all the tefillot to the tzaddik of the generation. To the righteous one of the generation. As it says, They brought to the, the, they brought the Mishkan to Moshe. You only Moshe knows how to ascend each part to its proper place and to make it a proper structure. It's entire, a fulfilled and complete structure. It says, Moshe is the one who built the Mishkan. He's the one who ascended the Mishkan, um, who assembled the Mishkan. Only Moshe. Rabbeinu is explaining that there's all the Torah a person studies in order to keep and to do, meaning to apply, not just to study it for thought, for potential, for your mind, for wisdom, no. But the most important thing is to actually apply what you're studying, to do, to refine your actions. All those letters that you're studying from, those words that we're reading right now, these are sparks of souls. And these what? Then become disguised. They become enclosed within the prayer. These neshamot that are hidden within the letters of this, this Torah that we're studying then become 
included in prayer. And what happened? Those neshamot become renewed in prayer in the aspect of ibu, what we call pregnancy. This idea, which is very Kabbalistic, where like the neshama goes through a complete maturing process, as if a baby is in the womb, where he goes through this fetus stage and all these stages before he gets brought out into the world. So what does one do? He's able to do renew your. You're able to renew souls literally through the words that you study. Whenever you study, in order to apply, to keep, to guard the mitzvot, and And what do you do when you do that? You're able to renew those souls whenever you pray, whenever you bind your tefillah to the words of Torah that you study. Which means Rabbi was saying here: How do you apply the words that you study through the prayer? That's why it's so important to do likutet tefillot after each lesson because there all the neshamot get renewed in ibu. In this aspect of the book, as it says in Shah Gil Gulim, Kamuva Begigulim, Shekola Neshamot by Imbetoka Malchut, Bifkinat Ibovan Tachim Sham, as the asterisk says over there, Rabbanu brings this little small piece, that all the Neshamot come within Malchut, Malchut being an aspect of prayer, and then what get renewed and um, they're in the aspect of pregnancy. It's very esoteric stuff, won't go into it. We continue. This is what it's in Tehilim. The, the heavens tell of the honor of God. This is going to be a reference of Hashamayim being the Torah and Kevod being Tefillah. We're going to see how. That is the Torah, which is Shamaim, the heavens. The Torah is fire and water. It's Shamaim. Shamaim is a, uh, is a compound word. It's like Eshumayim, fire and water. And what are these? Torah, we said these are where the neshamot are stuck in, in the words of Torah that we study in order to keep and fulfill. That these are where the neshamot are. And they come within prayer. What is prayer? Kevod. We're going to see the honor. So it says that the, the heavens tell of the honor of Hashem. The heavens, which is Torah, and the neshamot, which are stuck inside the Torah, these letters, then they get what? Told to prayer. They get brought to prayer to get renewed there. We're going to see how. How does prayer represent Kevod? Kevod El. Prayer represents the honor of Hashem. Come, um, make glorious His praise, His prayer. Meaning, His prayers, our prayers, or His praise which we pray, meaning the praises of Hashem that we are praying, are made glorious, which is kavod, um, through us. But this idea that tefillah, which is tefillah, it's the same idea, praise and tefillah, and tefillah um, is glorious. My prayer will restrain your anger. So what we see here that kavod, honor of Hashem, is actually prayer. And what happens whenever these neshamot, which is inside the letters of inside the letters of the Torah, come within the prayer, they get combined that we just talked about. This is called kavod, the honor of Hashem. Through the fact that it conceals, it encloses. Um, it encloses them. It encloses these souls. Meaning the prayer encloses the souls um, that were inside the letters of study once you apply them. And what, how do you apply them? Through the prayer that you're doing over the study that you just did. So after this lesson, we have to pray that Hashem helps us and gives us the ability to apply what we just studied. Um, no, my bad. Um, above, sorry. And why do we say that... Um, once the tefillah combines with um, once the tefillah combines with the Torah, it's called kavod. With these neshamot, it's called kavod. How do we know this? Because Rabbi Yochanan called his clothing machbeduta, my glorifiers, my honors. Why? Because clothing, this aspect of clothing, which is this idea, when the neshamot of the Torah that are in the words of Torah are brought into prayer, this is what we call clothing. This is what we call glorifiers, machbeduta. So this is how Rabbi proves that. Torah and Tfilah, when it gets combined together, when these neshamot come in within prayer to get renewed there in the aspect of pregnancy, in Ibur, this is what we call kavod, machbeduta, mechabeduta, my glorifiers. And this is how, um, and through this we call the honor of Hashem. It's called the honor of God. And they illuminate one another, meaning these souls in the words of, uh, of Torah and the prayer. They illuminate one another, bring light to one another. These neshamot illuminate the prayer in the aspect of ascending female waters. This is obviously all very Kabbalistic. Look into this stuff. Um, you will become more familiar. Meaning, um, female waters is all this idea of, of our actions down here. How we can bring lots of shefa to be brought down from Hashem through our actions. So fema, raising female waters is whenever we do something. 
And the prayer illuminates those souls in the aspect of Chidushin. Novelty. That it renews those souls in the aspect of pregnancy. And those souls that are enclosed within the prayer that are brought to the tzaddik, because Rabbeinu is saying that they must be brought to the tzaddik because they cannot be ascended to its proper place without Moshe Rabbeinu who builds a mishkan, which is a reference to prayer. Mishkan, obviously, being a play on the word Shechina. Mishkan is Shechina. What is Shechina? It's the prayers. Hem b'vchinat betulot achareha reotea muvaot la'ach. Betulot, versions. Achareha reotea, followed by her friends. Muvaot la'ach, brought to you. What is this idea? They're brought to the tzaddik. These versions are the aspect of prayer. <laughs> followed by her friends, which are these neshamot, which are enclosed in it, are brought to the tzaddik. And there they are renewed. This is what we see in the Gemara. Um, this is what we see in the Gemara. Uh, it said in the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Bachana, Rabbi Bachana said, Zimna Chada Havakazina Mishinta, one time we were traveling on a ship, Chazina Hukavra de Yatva Lechata Agabe. One time we saw a fish that had on its back settled, uh, that settled on its back was sand. We saw sand on this fish. Um, they, on the back of this fish. Vekatcha Agma Inue. And what happened? Through the sand started spreading, um, sprouting these meadows, these little weeds, these grasses. Savrina Nyabeshtahu. We thought it was dry land. We ascended, we baked, and we cooked on this fish, thinking that it was like an island of some sort. And whenever the fish became hot, it turned its back over, meaning it started flipping onto its um, belly, kind of. If we were not close to the ship, nearby the ship, we would have drowned. So we see here something awesome. That... um, this parable of fish that Rabbi Barakhan is saying, now Rabbi is going to tie in all these ideas that we just explained in this lesson, in this story. Let's, let's, let's dig in. And Rashbam says, Rashi says, um, I hear I have the, the Nusach of Rashbam. That what, it, what did it mean when it says sand settle on the back of this fish? This is, Rashbam is translating it. That um, sand had basically gathered up on, it, on the back of the fish. What does it mean? Which means sprouted, asavim anachor, meaning grasses came and sprouted through the uh, the sand. and his crew who were on the ship thought it was dry land. So we see here. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that means. So we see here that basically, Robert Barachana has a story with his fish. Rabban was going to tie this all together. Or oh, we thought maybe this was an island. Um, so I think that's what the Hashem was saying. I don't know. I could be wrong. This is what Rabbi Bachana said. We saw this fish, etc. What does Rabbi mean? What is Rabbi saying about this phrase? Because in our exile, as if to say, God is hiding his face from us. As if to say, as we said, you've hidden your face, Hashem. This represents the aspect of mercy. He turned his neck. Which is the, uh, what do you call it? This is the aspect of judgment. Meaning, you've hid your face. What is panecha, your face? Face represents rachamim. But whenever someone turns their face from you, like when you're having a conversation, you can literally see this. Um, in reality, when someone turns your face from you, it's not rachamim, it's not kindness. You see that they have some a problem against you. This is the aspect of judgment, din. When Hashem doesn't want, doesn't isn't happy with us, this is the aspect of din when He turns His neck away from us, His face away from us. All the reason, um, uh, what is it? That we pray basically, our prayers and our requests are because shepana orif elenu. This idea of why we pray and we request all this stuff is because he turned it back, turned to us, so that he should turn his face to us. All the idea of prayer is to turn their face back to us, Hashem. Meaning to bring back a rachamim rather than dinu. Kemoshekatubel it says, Penei turn to me. Hashem Hashem illuminated his face. Meaning whenever he illuminates his face, it's whenever he's facing us. He's happy with us. He's accepting our prayers. That our prayers are meant there to turn our Hashem's face back to us. 
When you see the length of this exile, and every single day we scream and we're not saved. And there's many people in Am Yisrael and the nation of Am Yisrael that they mistaken believe, they mistakenly think in their hearts that all their prayers are for naught, they're nothing, they're empty. The truth is, all our prayers of the tzaddikim of every single generation, they elevate these prayers and they, and they, they build this structure. They ascend them. Moshe built the Mishkan. Mishkan is a reference to the prayer that we talked about. And he brings, he ascends every single part to its place. He builds the structure of the Shekhinah, the Mishkan, the Divine Presence, little by little. Until the full measure of the structure is complete. And then the Mashiach comes. This is Moshe Rabbeinu. And then he'll complete it and he'll um, and structure it completely. He'll build the entire structure. This is why it's so important to attach yourself to the tzaddik of the generation, specifically to attach your prayers to the tzaddik, to say, Arani mikasher atzmi, before your tefillah, b'tfillah shacharit, and then etc., etc. We know this nusach before tikkun akali, look at it. Um, because this is how you ensure that your tefillot are attached to the tzaddik, that your tefillot are being brought to exactly the place you need. Rabbanu just said, bring me, do your effort, bring me the mortar and the bricks, and I'll make the most awesome buildings. This is obviously our reference to what Rabbanu does with our prayers. When we attach our tefillot to the tzaddik haimet, when we pray in the merit of Rabbi Shimon on Lag Baomer, for example, yesterday, what Rabbi Shimon is doing is he's, he's building the Shekhinah little by little. He's bringing the Geulah little by little with every single place that he's putting each and every structure and its Mishkan, meaning each and all the, the third Beta Migdash, the, the Mishkan, which is the Beta Migdash, is built from our prayers. And whenever he ascends each and every part to its proper place, this is how we ensure that the redemption will come and that we're building the proper structure. Because Moshe, Rabbeinu, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbeinu, uh, Rabbi Nachman, uh, the Baal Shem Tov Ari, and the Mashiach are all engaged in this Avodah. This is what it, the explanation when it says in the story. We saw this fish. This represents what's the fish? The Tzadik of the generation. Who's called a fish. As it says in the Meore Or. Um, we look there and in the Zohar Vayikra. These two Sfarim speak about it. Zohar Vayikra, Daf Membet Amud and Daf Resh Ein Chet Amud Bet. Look there if you want to see why. This is the aspect of Moshe Mashiach. Moshe is the fish in the story. And what happened? Sand started settling on its back. What is sand? It's prayer. That we are praying basically that Hashem turns His neck to us. Yat vale meaning it's settled on its back. Uh, no, my, my bad. Yat vale is, uh, yeah, it's settled on its back. Meaning what? Yat vale comes from the word vayaviu. They brought. Hanu vayaviu tamishkan Moshe, meaning Am Yisrael brought their prayers to Moshe. So what did it mean the sand was on its back? The sand, which are the prayers, were brought to Moshe, who's the fish. Kitarek laavir lukashar tatfilat tadish abadoch. Because you must bring the prayer of um, to the tzaddik of the generation. And what happened? A sprout, uh, a meadow started sprouting through its back, through the sand. These are the souls that come within the prayer, meaning the souls that we study that that are stuck in the that are inside the letters of the Torah that we study in order to guard and to fulfill this Torah, meaning to apply to what we study. These letters get brought into the prayer, so the prayer now has these souls, right? From this, the Torah that we study. So these souls come with the prayer that are not being brought to the tzaddik. That we said earlier, it's her companions who follow her. Because these souls are called grasses, meadows. I cause you to increase like the foliage of the field. Meaning us, who are these souls, are like the foliage of the field, like the grasses. We are compared to souls. And these souls are not being brought. This grass is sprouting through the sand, which is these prayers, meaning the sand prayer. And these souls, which is the grass, are now being brought to the tzaddik, who is the fish. We thought it was dry land. What does that mean? Meaning we thought that our tzaddik were dry, meaning they, didn't, they, didn't, they weren't brought into fruition. We thought our tzaddik were nothing. These are the people in Am Yisrael who think that their tefillot are worthless. 
which is not true at all. But in okay, Rabbeinu says the truth is this is not true at all. Rather, we ascended, we baked, and we cooked on the fish. This is what it says in the story, right? That they went up on the fish. They thought it was like this island or something, and um, they went and started cooking on this fish. What is salkinan? We ascended mean, meaning all the tfilot salkinan they ascend veolin and they go up. And all those who increase in prayer, pray more and more and more. What do we say? This is all very Kabbalistic. Rabbi brings down this idea that when a person prays more and more and more and more and more and more, what happens? You continue to build the Shekhinah little by little. The divine presence is being built back up, being lifted out of the dust little by little by little. It's being completed, the structure, the, betamik, the third betamik, the mishkan is being completed, little by little. And what? It prepares itself for zivug. The shekhinah prepares itself for this union with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is what it means when it said we baked and we cooked. Because baking and cooking are a preparation for eating. So what does baking and cooking have to do with um, preparing itself for zivug and all this stuff? So we said baking and cooking are preparation for eating. And what is eating? It's it. Represents uh, unionship, like this this relation that the Shekhinah is going to have, as if to say with the Hakadosh Baruch Hu, this zivug, this union. So, what does eating have to do with union? Except for the wife that he eats, and this is obviously whenever Potiphar, Potiphar, the the officer of Paro, the main butcher of Paro, um, the right hand man of Paro, um, what do you call it? made Yosef the head of his house, meaning he made him like man of affairs, like like his viceroy kind of. Um, he said, everything is yours except for the bread that he eats. And what does Rashi say there about the bread that he eats? It's actually a reference to his wife, meaning his wife was off limits. <laughs> so Potiphar's wife was off limits, and obviously we know how that story went out. But Rabben would bring an awesome thing here. The Achila eating is actually a reference to Zivug, it's union. So here we see here that this preparation for eating, which is baking and cooking, is actually this preparation for union. So what does it mean we ascended and we baked and we cooked it? We ascended, all those prayers ascended in order to bake and to cook, which is the preparation for this union. Uh, uh, whenever the, the structure of the, the divine presence is finally built, that is through the multitude of prayers that we pray, Hashem's chesed is aroused. Then we turn the midav din, the judge, his strict judgment, to his, uh, to his attribute of mercy. This is what it says whenever the fish grew warm, it grew hot because they were baking on it. That means whenever his rachamav will grow warm, ikamru means to grow warm, to be aroused. What happens? It turned over. Then it turned its midatadin to the midav rachamim. Hashem turned his judgment into mercy. If we had not been closed by the ship, this is part of the story. This is what Rabbeinu explains about this verse, about this uh, part of the story. What did he explain? I will redeem you for my own sake, Hashem says. I will do this for my own sake. Who preceded me? I will pay him. I will give him reward. This is a reference. It's like an analogy of someone who basically puts a mezuzah before he even has a house. He buys the mezuzah. He makes the mezuzah before he even has a house. Meaning he preceded Hashem. He preceded the mitzvah. And Hashem is giving him this reward. I will repay him. What does this mean? Nimsa. What, what this really means is like this. The result is like this. All our good actions and all our prayers are all from Hashem. It's all through Hashem Chesed. Never think that you are responsible for that. That we have to be humble enough to understand that Hashem is allowing us to pray to do all these good actions. And it's not fitting that we should accept and to consider any sort of accepting of any reward over any single thing. And even though it seems that sometimes through our prayers and through our Torah that we study, the redemption will come. We still need Hashem's chesed. His kindness should be chastor, that through His chesed He will redeem us, not through our own actions. 
that Hashem says, I will redeem you through Lema'ani, Lema'ani, for my own, my own sake. And he repeats this language, to emphasis to show us this idea, that it's through Hashem's chesed that He will redeem us. We need to rely on Hashem's chesed. His midat adin will be turned to midat ha-chamim. This is how through our prayers we turn Hashem's midat adin into midat ha-chamim. But always believe that it's through Hashem's chesed. If not, if the ship were not close, this represents chesed. As the chachamim say in the Gemara Kiddushin, most the majority of sailors are actually kind, kind, kind men. They're kind ones. And what is this re- really referencing? If not for his chesed, we would have drowned. Meaning, if the ship were not closed, meaning what is the ship? The sailors on the ship. And what are the sailors on the ship? Chesed. And it's in the Gemara Kiddushin that the most majority of sailors are actually chesed. If not for Ash, if not for the the chesed of Hashem, we would have drowned. In the Galut, in the exile. So now we've explained the story of Rabbi Rabbi this awesome esoteric story that Rabbeinu reveals us the deepest secrets of how this is possible. And we know there's a story of um, whenever a student of Rabbeinu actually came to someone who actually had a Likutei Moran on his desk. This was at the beginning when Likutei Moran was being printed. A person, uh, one of the Rabbeinu's students was traveling and he saw the Likutei Moran on this desk of this person, this Rav of this town. And um, he started asking this Rav, he said, wait, you have a Likute Moran? How did you get a Sefer? And the Rav started asking him, wait, you know the author of this book? He said, yeah, he's my Rav. <laughs> he said, what a merit you have that you have such a Rav like this. And he started opening up to lesson two, this lesson that we're doing. And he said, this lesson in itself is bigger than the Zohar and all of Tikkun Zohar. So we can't even understand what Rabbeinu is explaining here, these deep secrets that through the prayers, that, the Tikkunim that we can accomplish by attaining prayer through the Brit, through Mishpat, but specifically binding our tefillot to the tzaddik of the generation. The Rabbeinu explains it's so important here because he renews our souls through it. The souls that are inside the words of Torah that then, get, then come through prayer, the tzaddik brings them up and he renews, us, renews every single soul. This is the explanation of the first verse of Parashat Emor. Emor el-Kohanim. What does it mean to say to the Kohanim? This is an aspect of prayer. It says, You praise Hashem today. What is He'emata? To speak is actually a reference to prayer. Rabbeinu proves from this pasuk in Tvarim. You praise Hashem today. You praise, you pray to Hashem today. This idea of prayer. Kohanim, so it means prayer. Kohanim, what is Kohanim? It's Neshamot. These are the, the Neshamot that are inside the words of Torah that we study. It says, how do we know Kohanim is the aspect of Torah, which is the aspect of Neshamot, we know. Because the lips of the Kohen will guard that understanding and Torah. Meaning the Kohen in itself guards the Torah. So Kohen and the Torah are one idea. So Kohen and Torah, emor el Kohanim, praise, prayer, emor. El Kohanim, Kohanim is just filah, which is these Neshamot, meaning when you combine these Neshamot and you bring them into the aspect of prayer, Etc. Etc. Aaron, Emor Kohanim, Bene Aaron, Aaron. What is Aaron? Bechinat Mishpat. He represents Mishpat. Kemoshe Katuv. Venasa Aaron at Mishpat Bene Israel. Aaron carried the justice of Bene Israel, the judgment of Bene Israel. Aaron and Mishpat are one idea. Kitzach Lavid Kolat Filot Venasa. Because you must bring all the prayers to the aspect of Moshe Mashiach. Vehu Yakim Etam Mishkan, and he will build the Mishkan. Vezel Perash Rashi. This is what Rashi says on this verse. To warn the old ones over the little ones. The, the big ones over the little ones. What does that mean? That means the tzadik of the generation. Who represents Moshe. Who is the, the great illuminator. He will shine and he will illuminate the prayer. Which represents the small illumination. So Moshe who is the big illuminator takes and shines to the small illuminator, which we said, remember, Torah illuminates Tfilah, and Tfilah illuminates Torah. So here Moshe Rabbeinu, who's the, the, the aspect of this great illumination, this great light, um, this great luminary, illuminates a small luminary, which is prayer, which has these neshamot from the Torah that, that we explained earlier. As it's brought in the Zohar, Pekudeh. Uh, in the Zohar, Pekudeh. Unnefesh lo'itamah ve'amah, and the final verse of this pasuk, and no soul shall become impure in the nation. 
meaning of these Kohanim, what is this a reference to? Meaning don't impure yourselves and defile yourselves. through. How do you do this? Through guarding your Brit. How do you keep yourself pure? Through Shmirat Brit. So how do you merit prayer, which is brought to the Tzadik, through the Brit? The main yetzahara, the evil inclination exists where specifically where is sexual desire. This is the main defilement that comes to a person. The main defilement that will come to a person, the main fall is specifically in this test. When you guard the breed, you merit the aspect of prayer. And you merit the aspect of with my praise, I restrain your anger. Because the essence of reach spirit of breathing in is dependent upon purity because we said the Mashiach he will breathe the fear of Hashem meaning the essence of Mashiach's breath will come from purity how do we know this and what is purity it's a reference to keeping the breath whenever Tara purity has ceased your, your smell your sense of smell has ceased meaning a good sign to tell if a person's Lacking purity is his lack of smell. As it's brought into the story of the Gemara, that it says, I smell the, the smell of Hinunus dates, these sort of dates that had this, um, this, this sort, of, sort of smell. But look what it says here. So this person said, My son, you have purity. To the fact that this kid could smell these Hinunus dates, is a sign that his purity was, uh, what do you call it? His purity was there. So what is Vaharicho, this sense of smell? What we said, which is what? Prayer. Because nose, which is a smell, <laughs> comes from prayer that we said earlier. With my prayer, I I plug up like your nose, Hashem. So that anger doesn't escape. And what? With this prayer, with this perfected nose, now you can smell, now you can pray. Because what? Your purity, meaning with this perfection of uh, purity, it's only possible through what? Uh, the Brit Kodesh, which is Tara, his purity. So the kid could smell because his Brit was perfected. Um, so here, um, we finish off lesson two. Tomorrow we'll go on to lesson three. And sorry for the longer lessons. It's just, there's many psukim here and it's very tough to, to explain all this. So God willing, we'll get smoother with it and try to make it a little bit shorter. But Bezrat Hashem, day by day. Recommend really good at Firot and Ashkenu.